morning, Goldendale, and hello to all of my fellow Liberty Loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop here on another magical, maniacal, mindful Monday for Torch Report 505. The most fascinating twist. Friends, it turns out, uh, beyond a very unexpected global announcement out today, it turns out as well that our resistance is not futile. You're not going to believe it, but uh, as it turns out, this year's president of the COP28, that's the Conference of Parties, the commie Conference of Parties we were talking about last week, the radical, fanatical climate extravaganza recently held in Dubai, uh, the president of COP28 just dropped a bombshell on the collective conscience of the climate cult. Despite the fact that over 100 companies Countries around the world have already been convinced to sacrifice their economies, their security, their peasants, and their quality of life on the altar of bogus climate science. It turns out Sultan Al-Jabir, I'll just say Sultan Jabbermouth, he spoke the truth. He says, and I quote Sultan Al-Jabir, Accepted to come to this meeting to have a sober and mature conversation. I'm not in any way signing on to any discussion that is alarmist. There is no science out there or no scenario out there that says the, the phase out of fossil fuel is what's going to achieve 1.5 C degrees, period, end quote. Imagine that. Imagine a world leader having the gall to insist on a sober and mature conversation that denies the hysterical claims of all the climate alarmists running around like their hairs on fire. He simply points out that there is no science, there is no scenario that says phasing out fossil fuel will save the planet. And a hush fell across the crowd, and gasps and shrieks of horror were heard far and wide. Wide, how could he? How dare he? Says the Sultan, quote, the phase out of fossil fuels would not allow sustainable development unless you want to take the world back into caves, period. End quote, says a Sultan that lives much, much closer to caves than we do over here in the West. Friends, personally, I relish the brash and brazen remarks. Never mind that he just set the climate crazy's hair on fire, or the fact that he also happens to be the chairman of the Abu Dhabi National Oil Company. <laughs> it's just pure gold to have the president of the COP28 coming out and saying to phase out fossil fuels would send us back into caves. It's just pure gold. Now, of course, this guy's getting a, a hefty flack, a schnipe because of all of this. Uh, this but he turns out to be a, an incredibly educated man. Uh, Sultan, Sultan Jabir, he has a, a degree in chemical engineering from the University of Southern California. He also has a PhD in economics and an additional MBA, which makes him a very formidable debater. So he's smart, he's successful, he's confident, and he's not going to take any shit, <laughs> okay? He's just calling it like it is. Now, this riff between the Sultan and the rest of the excellencies that were gathered over there in Dubai, uh, many of whom have declared that Al-Jabir is treading on the verge of climate denial. I don't know, we might have to lock him up, uh, you know, give him some re-education because he's treading on the verge of climate denial. This, uh, this highly educated chemical engineer with a PhD in economics and another MBA, he's treading on the verge of climate denial. 
But I think this riff between the, uh, the Sultan and the Excellencies, I think it provides an excellent launching point for us to discuss the quackery and the chicanery that's currently driving the entire climate agenda. You see, my friends, you may not have realized it, but the Sultan is actually wrong. The Sultan is wrong when he says there is no science out there to support the climate narrative. There is plenty of science out there to support the climate narrative. Of course, it's all bought and paid for by the billionaire elites who are using their deep pockets to fund the research and build consensus that supports their fanatical claims and their underlying desire to take control of the human population. But, I mean, if you have any doubt about that science out there, of course, just ask John Kerry, ask Al Gore, ask the polar bears, or, of course, you could always ask the highly esteemed IPCC, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. All of these, uh, and many more, are prolific promulgators, promulgators of, of this radical state-sanctioned climate science, okay? What I'm saying is that they're building the scientific consensus by funding the scientists that will tell them what they want to hear. And what they want to hear is that we have to take control of the whole entire planet and reduce the human population uh, in order to save the planet. That's what the climate science says, according to that side of the crazy spectrum. Now, all of this brings up the obvious question, who's right? You know, is it the excellencies like John Kerry and Al Gore, or is it the Sultan Al-Jabir Jabbermouth? Uh, I think all at once, we must confront an immovable fact. We each must decide for ourselves who is right, right? I mean, ultimately, every person on the planet has a choice to make. Do we choose to trust the scientists who have been hand-selected and bought off to drive this ridiculous narrative? Or do we trust the few well-qualified dissenting voices who are being harshly ridiculed and shamed for pointing out that the math doesn't add up? Choice is up to you, of course, but, uh, you know, no doubt you have your personal preferences, as do I. But I think that we can just look at the fact that people are are uh, prone to believing whoever, the, whoever they already agree with, right? So I want to take a step back here just a little bit. Did you notice that the Sultan was arguing that the UN Sustainable Development Goals cannot be achieved without fossil fuels. That's what the Sultan was saying. He wasn't arguing against the need for sustainable development or the need for a grand energy transition. He was just making the point that none of that can happen without using these so-called fossil fuels to pull it off. It's simply impossible. You cannot make this great transition without using fossil fuels. So if you prohibit using fossil fuels, we'll never make the transition. That's what he was saying. But damn him for pointing out this inconvenient truth. His heresy is right up there uh, with having the, the founder of Greenpeace you recall uh, here recently we were talking about Dr. Patrick Moore, the founder of Greenpeace. He he's uh, you know once headed the world's largest environmental activist organization, and Dr. Patrick Moore openly admitted that if global leaders actually achieve net zero, and I quote, he says, I quote, at least fifty percent of the population would die of hunger and disease. End quote. Says Dr. Patrick Moore, if they actually achieve net zero, at least 50% of the population would die of hunger and disease. Gee, you think that might be the plan? Hmm? 
Now, the uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of an astounding revelation, really, that the leader of Greenpeace would admit that out loud, but it was uh, first uncovered by your favorite fuzzy peasant back in Torch Report 464. Three reasons why it's way worse than you think. And, of course, in that report... Dr. Moore's statement was linked together with cackling Kamala Harris's statement that we need to reduce the population so our children can breathe clean air. And I was making that connection to make the point. They are trying to depopulate the planet, and only a fool would try to deny that. Never lose sight of that fact, friends. They are. There's this very small group of very powerful people who are trying to radically and rapidly reduce the human population. This is a fact. Don't lose sight of it. Uh, now, as far as for those out there in the world, perhaps even in the listening audience, you may be inclined to believe that there are too many pesky peasants on the planet, you would be realized... You would be wise, I should say, to realize two things, okay? Two things. I, I, I get the whole notion that, you know what it does, man? You're sitting in traffic, man, there's too many damn people out here. Man, look how many idiots are out there. I mean, maybe there's too many people on the planet, maybe. But if that's what you think, you would be wise to realize two things. Numero uno, primo, number one, most important, global leaders, those who are trying to reduce the human population, they are not going to ask you who you think should be reduced, which means that you, yourself, along with your family and your friends and everyone else you know, could be uh, very well slated for elimination. Whether via the next manufactured bioweapon, nuclear war, or of course the always reliable starvation technique, okay? These are the methods they use to reduce the population. So that's the first thing to point out. The second thing, segundo, <laughs> is that mathematically speaking, i.e. if we were to invoke logic and rational thinking, then we can see that all 8 billion people on the planet could fit quite comfortably within the great state of Texas, Tejas. That would be uh, about 52% of the states. Uh, that would leave plenty of room to grow crops. And when we see that mathematically speaking, all 8 billion people could fit in the state of Texas with room to grow crops, then the threat of overpopulation, we can see as an utter farce. Not only is it unscientific, it flies in the face of factual reality. Fact. Now, if you would uh, like to check the math on that, I'm a math kind of a guy. I love the math. And I provided all of the math for you. Torch Report 395, the WEF says more stick, less carrots. I pencil it out line by line with screenshots and all of that. So you can see for yourself that all 8 billion people can fit in the state of Texas with room to grow crops, okay? You don't have to take my word for it. The Torch Report is the truth you can trust because I do the research. I present you with the information and the data that you need to develop your own informed perspective. There, in Torch Report 395, along with finding the mathematical proof of that fact, you will also find ample evidence of how this anti-human depopulation agenda has actually been in work, in the works for decades. But, but, for today, friends, I just... I want to focus on contrasting the more reasonable view of the Sultan with the unhinged lunacy of the militant climate activists. As you may recall, not long ago, the Biden administration began using wartime powers to push the left's radical green agenda. And even prior to Biden, the sock puppet using wartime powers for this radical agenda, even prior to that, Prince Charles himself has been calling for a military-style martial plan to combat climate change. Oh, gosh, oh, my gosh, we've got to do everything we can. 
Now, to demonstrate just how lockstep the climate cult is once they've got their marching orders, out in the headlines today, we find the ever smug and always pompous schmuck John Kerry, the U.S. Special Presidential Envoy for Climate, that schmuck out there parroting this narrative verbatim. And I put a few headlines in the report today. John Kerry calls himself militant and declares no coal plants should be permitted anywhere in the world, let alone, or don't worry about the, uh, never mind the peasants who would freeze to death without coal power plant, uh, plants, but never mind that. Kerry said he is becoming more and more militant about climate policy because people are avoiding responsibility. The U.S. envoy Kerry says the world needs a wartime mentality to combat climate change. Friends, this is just disturbing to me. It's sick. It's twisted. It's messed up. But it's it's out there. So they're they're getting very militant. They're using wartime powers. They need a military-style plan to combat climate change. And the U.S. special envoy, the pompous schmuck John Kerry, is out there saying we need to be more and more militant. Okay. Now, while he's out there saying that, of course... The fawning leftists claim that John Kerry, well, he's bringing America back into the climate fight. We got to fight for climate justice. And that said, <laughs> Kerry himself has openly admitted that really the driving force behind this rabid climate agenda is, and I quote, money, 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 money. Okay? Money, 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 money. And I'm sorry to say that, says John Kerry. It's really all about money, 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 money. Thus, in the words of this consummate political shill, it really is all about the money. It's just a money laundering scheme on a grand scale, friends. It's, it's all about the redistribution of wealth and all that. But interestingly enough, uh, when, when Jar John Kerry uttered the words, it's about money, 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 sorry to say it, he was over in Davos. That's where the truth came out. And he was addressing his globalist pals at the WEF, the World Effing Economic Forum. And uh, it was there that John Kerry claimed, and <laughs> you can't make this stuff up, John Kerry claimed an extraterrestrial force had brought all of these excellencies together in order to save the planet. And I only bring that up just to emphasize how absolutely deranged these so-called enlightened leaders are. These people are, in fact, straight-up crazy, friends, and yet they firmly believe in all of their own craziness. Let me ask you, do you believe that extraterrestrial forces brought enlightened leaders together in Davos in order to save the planet? Do you believe that? If you'll buy that, I'll throw the golden gate in free. <laughs> Me neither. Uh, so I, anyway, I'm sure you get the point, friends. I'm sure you get the point. So let's move on. People are going to believe anything, right? I mean, we know that. And so what, what I think we're witnessing right now is the climate crazies are kind of turning on each other as they slowly are being forced to face the implausibility of their lunacy. They've got themselves so worked up and hot and lathered by all of this climate agenda and, and saving the planet by 2030 and all that kind of stuff. But now even their own president of the COP28 says we can't do it without fossil fuels. You know, come on. Uh, it's implausible. The lunacy is implausible. And yet, as entertaining as it is to watch them turn on each other, Friends, I think it would be a gross oversight to dismiss their militant mindset. Not only does this crackpot cult 
believe that they are enlightened and that they have a moral imperative to reduce the human population. They also believe that the ends justify the means, and they believe that they have a right to do all of this by force. Uh, I think if we understand that and keep it in mind, it helps us grasp the depths of their depravity. These people are willing to do anything to reduce the human population precisely because it is the only way they think that they can save the planet. Let that sink in. And let's go ahead and turn our attention to COVID-19, the Great Reset. I'm not talking about the crackpot tinfoil conspiracy. I'm talking about COVID-19, the Great Reset, the book authored by Klausy Klaus Schwab, founder of the World Economic Forum. Schwab states that in, in this book, he states that unless the world falls in line with the radical climate agenda, aka the UN Sustainable Development Goals, that our lives will be, quote, worse and constantly dogged by nasty surprises, period, end quote. Hmm, what does he mean? You know, he further posits that COVID-19 could merely be the lightning before the thunder, thunder, lightning and the thunder. Okay, so he's saying if we don't fall in line, we might get dogged down by nasty surprises and that COVID-19 was just the lightning before the thunder. What do you think he means by that? I want to provide you a little clue here, friends. Uh, see the time here. We're going to pull it up and pull it towards the end here, but just get this little excerpt from the book, COVID-19, The Great Reset. And I quote Klaus Schwab, he says, the pandemic has acted as a dramatic eye-opener to the public at large on the severity of the risks related to environmental degradation and climate change. Really? Oh, wow. Tell me more, oh, enlightened one. He says, and I quote, we may start asking ourselves some fundamental questions that would never have arisen with the, with the crisis, without the crisis and the lockdowns, and by doing so, reset our mental maps. This period of enforced collective reflection could give rise to a change in behavior that will in turn trigger a more profound reconsideration of our beliefs and our convictions, and affect our approach to many aspects of our everyday lives, like how we socialize and take care of our family members and friends how we exercise, manage our health, shop, educate our children, and even how we see our position in the world. Period. End. Quote. Dripping with altruism. What do we have here? If you were to read between the lines and, and look for that hidden higher meaning in socialistic interpretation, then we would say what was supposedly the COVID pandemic acted as a dramatic eye-opener to the severity of climate change. Hmm. This, in turn, said to, is said to have forced us to start asking ourselves some fundamental questions about the way that we live our everyday lives. And such forced collective reflection then leads to a profound reconsideration of our beliefs and convictions, and from how we educate our children to our positions in the world. And all together, the result of this great reset was meant to reset our mental maps. That's a direct quote. 
friends to just put it differently, pumping out a prolific amount of fear-inducing propaganda all over the planet for an extended period of time, successfully provoked massive public panic and primed the human mind for collective reprogramming and subconscious taming. Fortunately for us, and much to the chagrin of our enlightened leaders, the human spirit is not so easily tamed. Classy Klaus Schwab now laments the fact that there seems to be an uprising against the globalist authoritarian agenda, which is entirely couched in the bogus climate narrative. Schwab, uh, Schwab recently said this. He said, we are seeing a revolution against the system. And I say, good. <laughs> However, quite unfortunately, friends, COVID was just the lightning before the thunder. And we are in for many more nasty surprises because that is the only way that our global masters are going to get their way. More on that tomorrow, friends. But in the interest of time and for today, please remember that resist we must. And that is the message of my heart for today. Friends, if you're enjoying this podcast, please take the time to go to the website, thetorchreport.com. Find a little heart, click the heart, give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And of course, the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with someone, share it with anyone, share it with everyone you know. Get out there and embrace this magical maniacal Monday. And I'll look forward to talking to you again soon.